Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And Rachel, you know, there are times in our lives when change is necessary, and yet we don't always embrace it. As a matter of fact, there are times I've dug my heels in and said, no, 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 I don't want to go. And yet there are things that need to change because that's when we grow. Well, you know, I'm going through that a little bit with my job at the university right now, where the university's asking us to um, offer some online classes for the students who want online or can't come to campus on certain days. And um, some people have embraced it. Some people have um, uh, kind of entered, waded into it with a little fear and trepidation. And some people have dug in their heels and said, you can't possibly do what I do <laughs> any other way than I do it. And I felt that a little bit. I sort of felt like I teach courses such as public speaking, which, you know, I've said, I can't teach this online. That won't work. Now, I say that despite the fact that I know there are university professors around the country that have been teaching public speaking courses online for five years now. So clearly it can be done. <laughs> That's just me going, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? There are so many things that we get comfortable doing the way we do it. And we really don't want anybody to push us, nudge us, shove us into making changes. And yet it's so important for us to not uh, be so resistant to change because then we refuse to grow. And if you look in the Bible, God clearly made people have opportunities to change and to grow, and they had to choose whether they were going to do it or not. And uh, I mean, I think of Peter when he said, follow me. Now, here is a guy who has done fishing his entire life. That's what he knew. That's what he was comfortable with. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, follow me. Now, that was a big time step in a completely different direction than what he was accustomed to. And yet, if he hadn't done it, what would his life have looked like? Oh, that was a radical life change for him. And you know what I find so fascinating in Peter's story? So as as we know, when, when Jesus issued that invitation, Peter took it up, you know, left his nets on the shore there and went off on a multi-year journey, um, working with Jesus, learning from Jesus and evangelizing. And then Jesus was arrested by Pontius Pilate. He's, you know, he's going to be crucified. And it seems like they're coming to the end of the road. This was not how Peter envisioned it would turn out. And uh, Peter freaks out and loses faith. And where he goes is right back to what he was doing before. 
right? He goes right back to the shore of the lake and pulls out the nets again. And it's like, well, I'll just go back to what I knew before. And that's so interesting to me. It's our tendency to return to the safety of what is familiar, even though sometimes Mm -hmm. what's familiar is not what is safe anymore. But we still equate the two. If it's familiar, um, you know, I I once heard uh, Christian psychologist Henry Cloud uh, talk about this. He said, you know, he would work with patients and, you know, sometimes they were so resistant to move out of their own dysfunction that was keeping them um, in bondage and unhappy. The reason they were there to see him was because they wanted to change, yet they were so resistant to make the changes necessary. And the way he put it one time in a, in a lecture I was attending, he said, they may be living in hell, but at least they know all the road signs there. <laughs> I get so, it. I get it. <laughs> at least I know my way around. So uh, even though I don't like being here, yes. I know my way around. Exactly. So, uh, and, it, yeah. and if you're in a new, if, if you're going into a new thing, uh, change is so unfamiliar and you don't know the territory that it, yes. it is scary to think about the change. You know, we uh, we watched with my granddaughter and her friend this last week, Fiddler on the Roof. They had never seen the movie. And so, of course, there are a whole lot of wonderful lines in there. But one of the lines that the father uses when he's talking about the young couple, uh, his oldest daughter, he says, they're so... Uh, happy they don't realize they're miserable and I think that that's that's what it is sometimes you know you live in a state of being miserable because you just don't want anything to rock your boat and I think Peter probably felt exactly that but there's that that stirring inside us that we know that when we're given the opportunity to do something different, to do a change. And we have that that why in the road, the fork in the road, and we go, are we going to do it and take a chance? Or are we going to keep going down the path we know? And you said something to me today that was so right on. And that is, to make the change, you have to believe that that's the right thing to do. You have to have the faith and the belief that's going to take you down that unknown path. For sure. Well, you have to realize that there is another path that you could be on, and then you have to believe that you could make that change. You could get on that path and you could succeed on that path. Yeah, I I think that's a, I laugh so hard at that quote from from Fiddler, but it's, it's actually very poignant and thought-provoking. They were so happy they didn't realize they were miserable. Because I think at certain points in our life, our comfort zone and our safety zone line up. Like, so in our houses, we usually feel pretty safe, 
right? We, we let down our guard, we can relax. You know, maybe you come in and you might lock your doors and you might turn on your security system if you have one. But for the most part, you're not cautious as you walk around every corner in your home because it's a safety zone for you. However, if you travel to another city and you're walking around downtown somewhere, you're going to be on a higher alert. You're going to look more cautiously around the corners before you, you, you turn them because you recognize this is not my safety zone. This is a, um, this is a new area for me. The trouble comes when our safety zone becomes different from our comfort zone. So for me, with teaching the online courses, uh, my comfort zone is teaching face-to-face. But my university, my job, and the, the culture of higher education around me is requiring me to learn how to also teach online. So my safety zone, if I want to keep my job, has actually moved... <laughs> Right? It's it's How no longer dare. lining up with my comfort zone. How dare right. that happen? They didn't even ask me. I get so it. So my job now is to move my comfort zone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. to, to line up with where the safety zone is. Otherwise, I lose my job. This happens to businesses all the time. I, I teach courses in innovation. And when revolutions in technology and innovation happen, if companies don't change with the times, they get left behind, they go bankrupt, mm-hmm. or they, they close. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes even though we don't want to change, we have to change. And I see that when I look at the case studies of, of businesses and corporations, when they don't believe they can be as successful doing the new thing as they have been doing the old thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the great books, uh, Good to Great, is... Uh, a, a perfect example of that businesses that have transitioned and been able to do it well and others that just dug their heels in and i think of you know some of the behemoths of yeah you know, ibm was the the name to know in computers and then all of a sudden a couple of young upstarts took that away from them between <laughs> dell and apple and and Microsoft, all of a sudden, who's IBM? The kids of today have no idea that it used to be an entire room full of computers that because they refuse to move and change and roll with something different, they they lack the belief. And so in our everyday life, the same thing happens. And I, mm-hmm. I think that there is something inside of us that God created for us to constantly be looking for what he has next for us because if you look at Jesus's life he never stayed in one place not that not that he's opposed to us living in our house until you know they carry us away but it, it's like he always had a mission to do something and to go somewhere and to meet someone and so there was always change happening in Jesus's life. And if you wanted to follow him, you had to be okay with that to go, okay, I'm not sure why we're stopping at the well and talking to this lady. I mean, his disciples were watching him talk to this Samaritan woman and they're like, what in the world? What is he doing? 
So every day, Jesus was all about making change that was uncomfortable. Yeah, and even the call to the disciples that you mentioned earlier, you know, that was an invitation to a radical change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we are, the, the call to become a Christ follower for us today, that's a radical change. And, you know, it comes with it or, or alongside of that change comes the belief, not only the belief in our, our forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus, but also the belief that we can become made new. Mm-hmm. We can have a new birth. We can be, as Second Corinthians 5.17 says, a new creation in Christ where the old is gone and the new is here. And that's why change always begins with the belief that that's possible. And I, I love reading the Bible for that reason. It reminds me over and over and over again that I'm not stuck. I'm not dead in my sins, that anything is possible with God, um, that if I have issues that I can pray about it and I can receive help or strength. But it all begins with me believing that it is possible for me to fill in the blank, sell all my stuff and become a missionary or lose 20 pounds right? or whatever it might be, you know, that I can survive my kids going off to college and me becoming an empty nester, whatever it is. It starts with the belief that this can be done successfully. Absolutely. I, I think I've mentioned this in the past, but one of my very first employers that paid me a real paycheck, uh, he I worked for an advertising agency, and he gave me the best advice. He said, you know, about every 10 years, I completely changed my occupation. Completely. And he went from like in the 40s, he was uh, in vaudeville and did that kind of thing. But he, he was a professor. And I mean, he just had all these different things that he did throughout his life. And he said, I think that <clears throat> we can't be afraid to step out and make the changes that that we want in our life. And, and so it is with us every day. We get an opportunity all around us. There are opportunities that pop into our life and we have to weigh it out and say, okay, is this something that's calling me to make a change? And if it is, do I believe that I can do it? Yeah. And the problem is, is if we don't believe that we can do it, we won't try. So, so Rick does yawn, lawn work about every Saturday and he'll head out sometime early in the morning. I don't even know what all he does. I just see him pass by the windows from time to time with something in his hand, a rake, a tool, some sort of spray that he's spraying on stuff. So he goes out and he does whatever he weeds or weed wax or whatever he does. And at some point he gets to the point where he's ready to mow the front lawn. Um, my car is parked on the side of the driveway that, that lines up with the front lawn. And so he has to move my car in order to have enough room to fully cut to the edge of the driveway and turn the mower around and go back. So he comes inside all, you know, sweaty from his yard work and he searches for my purse. I try to leave it in the same spot every time, but I don't always. So he has to find my purse, find my keys, move my car so he can mow the lawn. Now, he has never once tried to just push my car aside. 
he always goes through the hassle of finding my purse and my keys because he doesn't believe he could move the car himself without the keys, right? Right. He has never once tried to just push that car because his mind tells him that car weighs two tons and you can't push it. You have to get the keys. (laughs) So... Um, Now, interestingly enough, and this isn't really my point, but interestingly enough, there have been times when people have picked up cars in a a superhuman feat of strength in order to free someone who has been trapped underneath. So people can lift a car under certain circumstances if, if possible, but Rick doesn't really ever try to do that because his mind tells him that's not possible. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't try. And so I think it's a good thing. I really don't want him getting a hernia trying to move my car <laughs> to mow the lawn. But the same thing applies in our life when we when we think, oh, I can't lose weight. I've tried three times before and it, I was never successful. Or Luann, I listened to you talking about change careers. I couldn't possibly, I wouldn't know how. I'm not qualified for anything else. Mm. You know, our, our mind shuts down our possibilities because we don't believe that they're possible. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we all get there. I mean, if we're honest, there are certain times in our lives when we just feel comfortable and we really don't want anybody to ask us to change we're like no come on Uh, and and sometimes the circumstances around us are telling us no you've got to change like you Rachel you're saying you've got to keep your job so you have to change you have to do the things that you have to do but there are other times when you just desire something more something better something different and I think about uh, years ago the track runners that ran said it's impossible to run the mile in under four minutes. Can't be done. Humanly impossible. Doctors checked out the body and they said, nope, it cannot be done. And so all the runners said, okay, we'll believe you, except one guy. And one guy broke the four-minute mile, and his name was Roger Bannister. And what I find so amazing about this story is the very next week, tons of people broke the four-minute mile because he did it. And all of a sudden, it was possible. And they believed for the first time ever that they really could do it. And so that is what we face whenever we're looking at any kind of change that either God is asking us to do or we're feeling compelled in our job or our life to do, we have to believe that it's possible. I love that story of the runner because it shows the power of belief. And that happens over and over in every sport. You know, I uh, was a former competitive gymnast. And when uh, I was competing, we didn't think it was possible to do but one flip at the end of a tumbling pass. You could put a half twist or maybe even a full twist on it. But that was about all you could do. And of course, now they do double back flips and throw a full twist on the end of the second (laughs) one. (laughs) So... You know, and and every sport has that, you know, whether it's a speed record that gets broken over and over again, swimming speed records, um, uh, snowboarding. I'm always astonished at the stuff that they do on the um, Winter X Games and the half pipe. It's just astonishing to me. Ice skating, every sport, you name it. It's always progressing and we're going beyond what we thought was possible. But as soon as we see someone else do it, 
suddenly that opens up a world of possibilities for us as well. And what if, though, we didn't need to see someone else do it? Because there's always that person who does it for the first time. They don't have anything to go on, yet they go for it because they just want to try and see what's possible. Well, I think that as we age, we kind of lose that spunk and that spark because I remember being young and feeling like I can't wait to try something. I can't wait to get to the next thing and to try to conquer it. But as I age, it's kind of like you settle into your soft spot in your recliner (laughs) and you just go, nah, I'll let somebody else do it. And if they do it, then maybe I'll give it a try. So this last week, my granddaughter was here with one of her best friends and we decided, you know, she's 14. She doesn't want to play little games anymore. And I knew that at their Girl Scout camp, she had tried paddle boarding. So we bought a paddle board and they got out there and got on that board and they they had no fear. They were just going to take off and do it. And nobody... Nobody could have told them that it wasn't possible because they believed, oh, yeah, we can not only get on this paddleboard, but we'll take it clear across the lake. And they did. And that's the that's the kind of belief that you need to make a change that makes a difference in your life. Mm -hmm. Did you get on the paddleboard, Lou? Not yet. Did you believe that you could? I believed that I was really happy taking pictures of them. (laughs) I I plan, you know, Dwight was telling me, you need to try it. You need to try it. And I'm like, I I probably will at some point, Mm -hmm. but I wanted them to totally Mm -hmm. be the first ones on it and do it. But, you know, I'll probably do it when it gets dusk. And nobody on the lake can see me Mm -hmm. fumble (laughs) around and just try to stand up on the crazy thing. (laughs) I grew up water skiing on lakes all summer long. And I I feel like I could water ski in my sleep. But then like probably 10, 15 years passed before I was in in an opportunity to water ski again. But I remember just like, oh, I know how to do this. Sure, I want to turn. In the water I go, skis I get on. Um, I didn't get up on my first try, but I did get up on my second or third, which I thought was pretty good. And I skied right along and I was like, no problem. It's like riding a bike. And then I climbed in the boat. I went home. By about 8 p.m. that evening, I couldn't move (laughs) Every muscle in my body Was like Kaput (laughs) And uh, I was like Okay so apparently I can still do that But my muscles can't (laughs) It was like every muscle In your body was knocking Saying what were you thinking Hello (laughs) A little warning next time Rachel Maybe stretch first (laughs) Exactly But the whole point of today around the table is that we can't be afraid to change and try something different because what it takes is the same thing it took for Peter when Jesus walked up to him, this fisherman. The guy did not ever go to uh, school to find out how to be a disciple. He didn't have the education for it. And yet Jesus said, follow me. And in that instant, he realized, I could do this. 
And I can do this because of the person that's telling me to follow him. And I think that's the big picture there because there are a lot of things in our life that, you know, we can go for, like like our producer uh, went for a whole new job change and, and did exceedingly well because that was his passion. But there are times in our lives that we're called to do like Encouragement Cafe. I had no idea that that was going to pop up on my radar. And at the time, I was doing well in real estate. And suddenly, this radio show came into my life. And there was that that fork in the road where it was, are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. And I had to pray about it. I had to think about it. And I had to decide and go for it. And that That's been a lot of years ago, Rachel, and it's only because I felt everything in me that God was calling me to do something that was a little bit scary and change was going to grow me in ways I never would have known, Mm. but I did it. You know, it seems to me all the best testimonies include some part where God's calling them into something new and they say, "Uh uh-uh, I can't. (laughs) Who am I? Send me. Send my brother. I stutter. I can't. And then they have a change of heart and a change of mind, and they step out in belief. And those are the most powerful testimonies. So um, even if you're feeling you can't um, or you won't or you couldn't possibly, what if you can? Mm. So here is the charge for the week. Try it. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.